Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. Hey, Craig. Teams look look solid. Uh, his huge, huge historic weekend for the women, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, just nice to see the men pound someone. Um, yeah, yeah, all around good stuff. And and let me just start off by saying uh, WSU fucking owns Tucson this year. Tucson spelled <laughs> C S, not S C. Um, Tucson. That's right. Uh, that is. Um, Four times WSU sports have visited, and I, that now the swimming or or rowing or or something like that may have done it, but just the 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 the, the major team sports, I'll say. Um, yes. Uh, women's basketball, men's basketball, football, and volleyball, soccer did not. All went to Tucson. All won. All won quite handily, uh, actually. So just WSU ownership Tucson. It just it's on the they have the deed now. It's it's in it's in Bowler. Uh, that's that's just where it resides. And uh, this is podcast versus everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me as usual. No, oh, sorry. This is episode one eight seven murder. Uh, with me as usual is Jeff <laughs> Newser. Hey, if you have a podcast, you get to one eight seven. You get to say that like every time. Yeah. Right. That's how. It yeah. Works. Them's yeah, the rule. That's 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 why we pod to get to one eight seven. And man, if we get to six six six, good lord, good lord. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. If we're still doing this at episode six six six, I uh, I don't know, man. We will. I don't know be how, in how old? Hell. I, I haven't done. I was gonna say I haven't done the math on that. <laughs> but we're gonna be. I don't know. Like that's. Uh, I don't know. It's another. We do like forty four hundred like, episodes. Yeah, if we do like forty a year, that's like a decade, man. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're gonna be like, you know, all old curmudgeonly guy, well, more curmudgeonly than we already are, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And we're both uh, we're both running a bit on empty right now, so we're gonna try to keep this short, <laughs> even though we're bantering. I know. Um, so apologies. this is like this is the week from the week from hell for both of us. Like yeah. it's this is but always my you- hardest week. Yeah, this is my yeah. hardest week of the year. Every year, it's like it's the last week of the semesters, and then there's you know, unlike the end of the school year, where like I get to submit my grades and I'm done. This year, it's like you know, at this time of the year, I gotta do grades and I gotta grade essays and I gotta then submit my grades and also, oh by the way, I'm still teaching my classes because we're starting the next semester. Like, and then oh, Sarah's birthday is on Saturday, and Atticus has basketball and 
Joshua has a concert on Thursday and Sarah just had surgery and it's just like, <laughs> like everything is insane. And then you're getting ready for a trip and it's just like, yeah. fuck, you know? So yeah, there's a lot going on right now, but we're Wait, doing so this. Sarah's birthday was the dinner plan. Cause we got a message about a potential dinner and no context whatsoever. We're like, yes, uh, um, yes, that was the dinner plan. That, yeah, asking yes. us about restaurants in Tacoma and stuff, and we're just like, are we invited? Is what is this event? Now I know, but we will not be able to go. We will be in Costa Rica. Yes. Uh, yes, we will not I do be have, in the country. Uh, I'll, I'll be happy on Friday, Thursday, insanely long travel day, especially when uh, and Friday morning when we're driving out three yeah. hours to where we're staying or whatever, yeah. and me and my two children that get motion sickness, that should be fun. Um, but but yeah, so Costa Rica, I might podcast from there. I might not. It's a couple hours ahead of this, so who knows? Uh, we might hear Emma. Who knows? I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. But maybe it, I'll take my microphone. We'll see how it goes. Um but yeah, anyway, so uh let's let's start with the men, the men's team. Um just for Thursday uh, again showing that they are um up to the task of contending with a lot of the 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 best teams in the conference. Uh just couldn't get shots to fall. Like that was frustrating. Um just couldn't make a it, it really a couple three-pointers more or maybe a couple layups and they, they would have been right there. Maybe if a few calls would have went their way, oh, like God. maybe one, I don't fucking know. Like <laughs> one call, <laughs> maybe like the one where Kirk Creesa punched TJ Bomba in the mouth and then sunk a three. That, like, and then, and was then so also, open, he was and then celebrated. Shocked. Yeah. And yeah. then celebrated after that. And then, got the uh the flagrant foul and his three pointer got to stand. Like I don't understand how they can't have it be like so like in the NFL if you fumble the ball and the referee blows it dead but there's a clear recovery by the other team, they just pretend like you didn't blow it dead and get the call right. Right? Like I don't understand why right. the same thing doesn't apply here. You made a you fouled somebody to get an advantage. You use that advantage to convert a three pointer and then we go back and give you the foul, and it's like ah, the three well, yeah. three pointer stand. In, in the like, NFL, that makes if you no sense, if you're if you're holding on the play and you score a touchdown, they go, well, we're 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 assessing the ten yards, but the touchdown still counts. Okay, okay, guys, it's like they're still getting absurd. the points. All right, yeah, that was, well, and that wasn't yeah. the and that wasn't the only thing in the game, right? Like it was. It was by far the most weirdly officiated game I've seen um, in some time. And sometimes I think like, okay, am I just feeling this way because, you know, my my team, wh whatever, my team's losing, et cetera. Um, I, you know, I, I think honestly, I don't always feel that way. I mean, I, even when the Arizona State game was, you know, kind of tight, I remember thinking like, yeah, this, uh, you know, they're this is actually a pretty well officiated game. Like they're doing fine, you know, but that Arizona game was just weird as fuck. Phantom calls. Um, just no, know, just no calls. D Dylan no Darling calls, on like consecutive play shit. getting knocked consecutive plays. Yeah. Dylan Darling got knocked to the ground. There was one where Darling no like literally got shoved, like shoved by Pella Larson, um, palm to the chest, extended arm, 
Darling falls over. And of course, we we now have also reached the point where apparently we're not calling flops anymore. We have just like nobody apparently got that memo because yeah, I haven't seen that a flop called in like three games. If and that if that's a not a foul, then team. that's a flop. Yeah, exactly. Right? So they don't call that. There was another one that was a flop. There was a charge on DJ where Creesa was clearly, clearly leaning in to the right. And DJ gets a it, charge. It just there were a lot of those, and it was very frustrating. wasn't even wasn't even in wasn't even near DJ until DJ was already in the air. Like it was that was nuts. I, yep. Like um, that's yeah. that's the one rule they have to change. Like college bat. I know college basketball is like loath to do anything like the NBA. They are very much like, oh, we don't want to be like the NBA. We want to have our own game. That's why they won't go to quarters because they're a bunch of dorks. And they're like, they were, that's why they were stressing out about the 30 second clock. Oh my God, it's so close to the NBA. Like, it's very stupid. So the NBA has this figured out. Like, you can't, once somebody sort of starts what they call starts the upward motion, you're not, you cannot slide in front of them. Okay. In college, though, the player actually has to have left the ground for you to be unable to slide in front of them. So their momentum's already going in one direction, and then you, you can, can slide still, in front of them and draw a charge. You can still do it. Right. Well, do you, you can still slide you in remember, front, create this incredibly dangerous play, and somehow it becomes – it's just like it's it's insane. College basketball has to, has I, to fix that call. I, I want to say it was eight years or so ago. College basketball did implement that, and they called it – for you know as they do with many new rules they called it for a few games in the non-conference and then just stopped calling it so you were getting charges where guys were gathering and that and if guy wasn't set by the time that was happening then like you were done but that then they just totally stopped calling it just the same with the way with the flop rule which i'm totally fine with the stupidest fucking rule i've ever seen like they just Yes. Just to award a technical foul, which is not, which is different from other technical fouls. You get a free throw, and the refs are just so bad at calling it too. They just, it was like haphazard, like just completely random. Like they were rolling die and being, okay, it's a six, so we're calling a charge or whatever. So yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's nuts. But anyway, so yeah, just you know, I think I, I do think there was enough in that game uh officiating wise slanted towards Arizona that it did make a difference in terms of it yep. being like a one possession game at the end or something like that. I will say the absolute uh, hilarious bad beat um for anyone yeah. that bet bet the Arizona five and a half. Uh so Arizona is up by eight and with the ball with ten seconds left if you have them, you're looking, you're like, hell yeah. Uh, and then plus, uh, um, they have a wide open dunk. Um, why can't I'm, I have a, I am, uh, it's Tubelis. Yeah. Tubelis. I, I'm sorry. The, I have wide open no, dunk. running on no sleep. Tubelis, wide open dunk misses a dude who doesn't ever miss around the rim. Like misses right. a dunk. That's like his <laughs> calling card. Yeah. Like he probably, he should have just done a, an awkward 10 foot, like push shot, like with like, and then it would have went in, but but then uh, they Cougs go right up the floor, get a three at the buzzer, basically, which of course they had to, they had the the refs had to stop play to make sure that there was point three seconds left on the clock in this yes. five point game, 
very necessary use of replay. Like they stopped yep. the coaches from shaking hands. Yep. No, 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 not yet. It was, uh, it was anyway, sort so, of the coup de gras, right? So that cuts the margin to five. Anyone who bet five and a half Arizona, you lose. Yep. Anyone who bet WSU, you hell yeah, you get your money. You Let's win. Let's go. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you so, know, that yeah. that was, by the way, only the fourth three of the game that WSU made. <laughs> yeah. They were three for 16 up until that point, which really, as you mentioned, was, was sort of the difference, right? I mean... Well, it, it basically and, was it was that shooting and then Creasa hitting, I think he hit five threes, right? Where he in the first game only I think hit one, hit one two, like something like bunch. that. Yeah. So it you know, I, as much as we complained about the refs and everything else, I mean to your original point, like you know, we make a few more of those open threes. We uh if Creasa misses a couple of those contested threes, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's a different game and you know, so we were right there. We were Arizona's, you know, I, I said this on Twitter and I, I firmly believe it. I mean, look, we were Arizona's equal in every way in that game other than, you know, whatever the shoot, the shooting, which um, felt like a bit of a bit of randomness more than more than anything else, which I think was, you know, sort of proven with, you know, the next game where they hit, you know, 14 threes instead. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we, if we move on to Arizona State, I swear Bobby Hurley did absolutely no scouting on WSU because yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it has been proven at this point. If you push WSU off the line, they are going to struggle offensively. Like they, yep. that, like they, their players, their, their roster is geared towards guys who could catch and shoot. They do not have a lot of guys that can put pressure on the rim. And so if you push them off the line, make them uncomfortable, there's a good chance that they're going to have a, an off night offensively. Arizona state for whatever reason was more than happy to let WSU hoist 34 threes. Andre went Andre Yakimovsky went five of 10. I swear at least nine of those were just wide open stand standstill threes. Like he's, he, he could have had 30 in that game easily. Powell six of 11. A lot of, he made a, I'd say he made a couple dribble ones, but he had a lot of easy ones too. He one of his easiest one he like airballed, but that's just the yeah, life. The, of that Justin was early, Powell. right? Early on, he yeah. had some pretty easy looks, and then yeah. it was like, okay, let's get the degree of difficulty. Yeah, up. and then I, so all they, of a sudden, yeah, they they finished fourteen of thirty four. I think they started something like one of nine from three. Yeah, and so they just they they just all of a sudden it was middle of the second half or first half. They just started hitting. You know, the twos were not there, Mo. Mo's been struggling offensively now for oh, three straight games, just real bad. Um, he was two of nine uh, for eleven points. You know, two of nine from two did hit a three, uh, but eleven points, not you know, below hundred offensive rating again. But it was good, you know. And then Bombo didn't have a good game, but then to see uh, Powell and Yakomovsky be able to carry the offense, uh, that was yeah. good, and that's. That just shows the, why it's so important to have your full complement of guys because it, it, yeah. it doesn't matter how good. Yeah, you if if you don't have them, you, you maybe if your stars can carry you on some nights, but if they're having bad days and both of them are dinged up, uh, it's nice to have these dudes that can just rain from three. And, you know, the, the, between the two of them hit 11 threes. That's the difference in yep. the game right there. 11 of WC's yep. 14 threes are from those guys because Bamba went one of seven. Uh, I, that, that, uh, 
hand injury is definitely bothering his his jumper. I there's it, it, it's just not looking right. And uh, you know Rodman Rodman really wasn't that Rodman is going through now what uh, Jabe was going through. I would say five games ago when teams just started aggressively chasing him off the line, like, Oh no, this is the yeah. guy you get. You can't let him shoot. Can't let him shoot. So he's, he's finding it harder to get open looks now, but he is a uh, get it, you know, in the Arizona game, especially he he's, has been shown the ability to actually get to the free throw line more, which is, which is a new aspect of his game. Uh, but yeah, the overall, that was uh great. The, just to hit the threes. That's, that's what this team does. Um, they, they, their turnovers were decent 17%, but, um, I, what's really impressive these last three games now is the defense, a team that has struggled yeah, mightily, that? struggled mightily defensively for much of the season, especially in PAC 12 play three games in a row holding offenses under 0.9 point. That's 0.90 yeah. points per possession, which is very good. Uh, we'll say like 1.04 or so is like average in college basketball at this point. Um, yeah. So that's very, very good. Point nine. Uh, I looked back. It, it's the first time in Kyle Smith's tenure that they've done that in Pac-12 play, held three straight opponents under point nine. They've definitely done it non-conference against the bad teams, but never against uh, conference opponents. Um, and, you know, frankly, all top 100 conference opponents – uh, just real impressive after coming off that Utah game, which is one of their worst defensive games of the season, to to yep. just bounce back and and this is the kind of defense that we expected to get when Kyle Smith came. Yeah, and it, where it has started is with uh, is with the two point defense a little bit, which hasn't always been like uh, like terror like great like typically is great under Kyle Smith has been pretty terrible at times this year and look it wasn't great during all three of those you know of course uh you know as as we mentioned you know utah kind of had their way but then they bounced back colorado i think hit i'm looking here 54 percent on their twos which again is not great but is also like you know that's at least not horrendous right 50 percent arizona hits on their twos 34 percent arizona state hits on their twos um you know that's really generally going to be the foundation of what they do. And they have also generated some turnovers again, which yep. is something that they yep. had not done. Um, Colorado turned it over a ton. Um, Arizona even turned it over a, a pretty fair amount, which again is not something uh, that they have super done. And by the way, the two point defense against Arizona, Cal and Stanford in the previous three games, when the defense was okay, but not great was 45% and under. So maybe I'm just, Full of shit on that one. It's entirely possible. <laughs> uh, but I do think the turnovers, uh, you know, have a little bit of a um, have a little bit of impact. And then well, also and they've they really locked down the. Yeah, I was going to say they locked yeah. down the defensive boards in those games. Um, had, they've had a couple of handful of shaky defensive rebounding performances in Pac-12 play. Um, they've really, really, really locked it down like in the last two weekends. So, um, and that's really great because defensive rebounding was a thing that Kyle Smith was definitely lamenting that they needed to fix. Um, and they appear to have that. And I honestly, you know, tell, tell me what you think about this, but my theory is simply Andre Yakimovsky. Like that, that is my theory 
He's he's back. He's uh, you know as healthy as he's been. Um, he is a big body who gets a lot of rebounds. And even if he doesn't get the rebound, he gets his hands on a lot of balls. Um, keeps a lot of balls alive. Boxes guys out. Um, just yep. does a lot of little, a lot of the little dirty work. And I don't think it's um, I I don't think it's a coincidence that this this is happening now when he is he seems to finally kind of be. Um, getting in shape, getting his run. He's now a, you know, a fixture in the starting lineup. Um, I think all of those things are, are pointing toward, um, his contribution. Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree it, it, against Arizona, against Arizona state, the effort he put in on defense and what, yeah, with the rebounding, but just everything, the way he, the, the, he busts his ass to recover from hedging and that he, yep. he, he busts his ass to, uh, to double bigs, you know, and stuff. He's just, He's all over the place. He's he's getting steals. He he's just getting his hands in the in the way. He's just making. He's contesting shots against bigger players uh, because he he's usually you know I, he plays the three on defense on offense, but he could guard. He's often guarding the four or yes. on 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 defense, um, especially yep. a team against a team like Arizona, Arizona State. That that have a couple bigger, you know, bigger four, uh, bigger guys, six nine to seven foot sizes on the on the uh, on the, yeah. uh, on the uh, back end there. It's so it's yeah. He is his defense has come so far. Uh, it's been so impressive. Um, he was not like I wouldn't say when he came in as a freshman he was a great defender, um, but he has really come like he's really coming to his own on that end and that's really yeah. if he's going to play pro ball and i'm not saying the nba but any pro ball he, that's that's going to create a career for him um because he's always going to be able man, to shoot i would not put that i would not put that past him playing in the nba i know that like people will probably look i mean look bryce bangs the drum you know, constantly on, on Andre being a potential NBA player. And I know that when people think NBA, they think, you know, flashy athleticism, flashy stats, whatever. But if you watch any amount of NBA, there's always dudes on the rosters who just do like little things. um, And they just have these all around games. And, you know, of course the, the colloquial term is a glue guy, right? Like Andre is a quintessential like NBA type glue guy. I I'm not sure if he's got the foot speed defensively. I think that would be the question mark. But again, I was the one who questioned Clay Thompson's foot speed defensively. So <laughs> I clearly have no idea what I'm fucking talking about, but it's like, okay, look at Andre. Can he shoot? Yes. Can he rebound? Yes. Can he defend? Yes. Does he move the ball? Like that's super important in the NBA is moving the ball. Does he move the ball? Yes. He moves the ball. Like, I, I mean, I don't know that he'll ever be like an NBA starter or anything, but I could easily see him being like an eighth. I shouldn't say easily. That's probably overstating it. But like, but he could definitely, in my mind, um, if he keeps developing, be like an eighth or ninth or 10th guy on an NBA roster where, you know, maybe he only plays, you know, 10 or 15 minutes a night. But like, you know, he gives you those 10 or 15 minute qual 10 or 15 quality minutes um, just because his skill set is all around skill set is so good. Um, also, by the way, I don't want to discount or, or, or overlook what Muhammad Gay did against Arizona state as well. You know, we mentioned he didn't have a great offensive game, which is true. He was three for 11, two for nine on twos, but he had 15 rebounds, eight defensive, seven offensive, uh, three assists. Now he did have four turnovers, but he completely, anybody who remembers the first game down in Tempe, 
uh, Warren Washington absolutely owned him and destroyed yep. him <laughs> in that game. Um, Warren Washington did not have a great game. Now he was, you know, four of nine uh, on twos, but he also had five turnovers, uh, you know, and didn't, he only have one offensive rebound. And so Mo just sort of like locked him down on him. In fact, the, the fact that Mo was only credited with one block, I have no idea how that yeah. happened. I just, I distinctly remember three, like yeah. not just like two, but like three, like I remember three and I remember like a, I think a fourth that ended up being like, I think after a foul or something like he, like Mo was he, like we talked about his defense, maybe being a little iffy. Um, a little while back, maybe it's the hamstring, right? Whatever. No, he was like, he was up for this one and he was affecting shots. Like he was really, really good defensively against Arizona state. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one, one more, one more point. We'll talk about one more player real quick. Uh, He doesn't play a lot yet. I I think it's, it's honestly, he's just doesn't have the, uh, the meat on his bones quite yet to, to to get in there, but but uh, Andre May, Andrame Jong is showing every bit to be that yes. rim protector that Fa Abogidi was yep. or Fa Abogidi was. Yep. Um, he he. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, people who, people who don't know that like that came out on Twitter that maybe that's actually how his name is pronounced. Abogidi. Like, uh, all all of our minds were absolutely blown. So anyway, continue Adrame. But so Adrame is putting up the exact sort of block and steal numbers. Now it's in a smaller amount of minutes, but he's coming in. He's putting in almost ten percent blocks, two percent steals, which is usually like a good steal. A good guard will have two percent steals. So like he's he's just a total defense, like a, a total like defensive disruptor. And it, he gets me excited about next season what he can do. Um, you know, add 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 some weight. And he's just so springy. He's so he's just he's got an instinct about blocking shots. The same. And he's yep. a great rebounder on both ends. Like if he just any bit of offensive game that he puts on over the season, like he's just going to be <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a easy, a, a tough guy to keep out of the starting line because he's just he he's such an effective defensive player. He he has to stop turning the ball over so much. That's his big thing. Yeah. But but he uh like he's such an effective defensive player, uh, such an effective rebounder. Um, and he's, he's just so fun to watch. It's, it's a funny thing. He, he always only plays like four to eight minutes a game, but it just feels like he's in the game longer. Cause when he comes in, he blocks a shot, he blocks a shot. He grabs a couple a offensive rebounds. He steals a rebound, ball. Yep. He's probably at the free throw line at some point. Yep. You know, like it's it's so he's just yeah. he's there. You see him. So yeah, I'm excited for him. Yeah. I, he's really starting to, um, I think, get acclimated to the to the speed and and, and the strength yeah. of the game. And and it, it's been fun to watch him. Uh, just uh, his his short stints have been much more effective as the season has went on. Yeah. But yeah, we well, should probably even, you know like. Yeah. Just blow your mind really quick. Here's a good stat for you. Uh in the last three games, he has played twenty-eight minutes and he has seven blocks. Seven blocks. <laughs> seven and- blocks in twenty-eight minutes. His block rate in conference play is up to fifteen percent. Which yeah. that's you know, that's pretty obvious. Like if it, for people who don't know. Like if you're anywhere near 10%, that's like elite shot blocker status, like really, really, really good. So 15%, you know, very likely unsustainable 
uh, like maybe it's not, but I think it probably is. But still, that's like that is crazy defensive impact in a very um, small amount. So yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's he's he does big work on defense when he's in there. Just need him to get on a little more weight. Need him to develop a little bit of offensive game because he really is. We we did find out kind of what his offensive game was. Uh, yeah, against Arizona State, and it was it was not good. Uh, it was yeah. not good. It looked it, it looked very raw. Let's say raw. Yeah, looked very yeah. raw. So yeah, but defensively, instincts wise, on that end, um, he can catch an oop. Though. And he's all nice. he he could. Yeah, he could already honestly. If if all we were worried about was defense, um, he could he could definitely already play. You know, twenty twenty five minutes. If all we were yeah. worrying about was defense, but you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. He's exciting. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh, so we're trying to move along here. Let's, let's move on to, let's quickly talk about, <laughs> yeah. talk about the two games this weekend. You know, last, last week when we talked about what, you know, the outside chance that WSU has to create a tournament resume here. Um, you know, we, we kind of talked about, you, you probably need to get three of these four. So they lost Arizona. So you're saying you probably need to sweep this weekend. To get those, because yes. these are your last two quad one games in the regular season, and there aren't many chances at that. In the only two quad, uh, teams that would be quad one um, for sure in the Pac twelve tournament are Arizona and UCLA, and then potentially Utah and potentially uh, USC. So, so that 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 those are the, you don't have a lot of opportunities there. So these are your last two shots at quad one wins. So yeah, it's really like. If 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 you're if you're sitting here going do or die at large bid to that simply tournament, this is your weekend, man. <laughs> like it's this is yeah, this is where it's come yeah. down to. Like in terms of an at large bid. Like it like it this is yeah. it right here. But um obviously, you know, start with USC. That's that's the one they you know, they've already beaten the Trojans. Uh they match up well with them. Uh US uh Andy Enfield is a coach that uh you know their defense is solid, but um, you know, in the first game, uh, as, as Bryce puts it, they didn't, uh, play to the scout. Uh, they just play their style of defense. So, you know, they let WSU shoot threes and that doesn't go well for teams typically when they let teams shoot a lot of threes and USC's defense generally, uh, is kind of middle of the road in allowing threes. So that, that always makes me, uh, feel like more positive against a good defense, but they do allow teams to shoot threes. We'll, we'll have at least three shooters on the court at all times. And so that's just, uh, that, that, that gives you hope that WCU can go down there and, and sweep the Trojans. Cause if they can get the offense and then if WCU could keep this defense going, I think they have a real shot to, to pick up that quad one win on the road. Yeah. USC is playing quite a bit better. Um, than when we played them, you know, up at our yeah, place. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, they, you know, they lost by two. Right after that, they went uh, the following week, um, lost by two on the road to UCLA, then beat Colorado at home, beat Utah at home, uh, lost on the road to Arizona, beat Arizona State on the road, and then beat UCLA at home. So, and, and I watched that game against UCLA. That was... I mean, USC played really well, um, but they also, you know, just hit a fuck ton of shots too. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of that as well. I don't know. It's, 
I, I think UC, USC is playing better than they were, um, you know, the last time we played them. Are they beatable? Yeah, they're beatable. Um, but it's it's going to be very tough. It's, it's going to be very tough. I think you're right. I think we do match up pretty well with them. Um, and again, it's, you know, if we can get them, that would definitely be uh, definitely be a pretty major feather in our cap. Um, if we're if we're trying to make any kind of push here um, toward the postseason. Uh, yeah, yeah not we, just we said not we, just uh, yeah I think if, when we talked last week we said we think we they probably need to win nine of the last ten well they lost the first one <laughs> to Arizona <laughs> so uh, I don't know maybe they need to win the last eight I, I'm not sure I mean you win the last eight you're 18 and 13 and uh, 13 and seven and you know you're like yeah you know you got you got some momentum heading in so well at uh, the very least it's, for it's a lot for it's asking want- a lot if you want the NIT, you're gonna to have to have a, a winning record at the yeah, end. Yeah, you of the gotta season at least there. have a winning record. Yeah. So yeah, they're so. at least gonna to have to win what six out of eight, or how many? Le- yeah. There's nine left, so six out of nine to get to five hundred going into. There's the- eight. Eight left. There's eight left. Eight and left. Then, well, eight so, left, and then the and then the tournament. So yeah, eight left. So you probably need six of eight. You need six of eight to get over five hundred. Um. So yeah, it. Uh, that's. Yeah, it, this is where it starts. These are the two toughest games left on the schedule. UCLA, obviously, we should have fucking beat them in Pullman. Yep. Uh, I, I, it's that's going to be a tough one. Like, I, yep. we scored better in that game than I would have expected. Um, UCLA's defense is really good. Um, you could probably also say, well, UCLA maybe not playing so well lately, not playing as well as they've been, but they're still one of the best teams in the country. Uh, they can, they hurt you on both ends. Now, the one thing is that they, they're, they kind of live um, in the mid range and they live off of uh, offensive rebounding. So yep. they're going to get their mid range jumpers against WSU. Uh, Cause WC is yep. not going to give them the threes and, and, but so WCs really need to need to lock down, uh, at least mitigate their offensive rebounding, um, which WC has gotten a lot better at. They, they were in the, like the one forties in terms of offensive rebounding percentage just uh, two weeks ago, and now they're in the top one hundred. So, um, yep, they've 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 have done a lot better on that. So, uh, but yeah, and they're just gonna WCs gonna have to hit a lot of shots. Like it's that's. Yeah. It, that's, I that's mean, we just to it. we just don't win at Pauly, <laughs> like like Taylor we, like Rochester we disagrees. Okay, fine. You know, back you know, fifteen years ago, but um, you know, it's just a very very difficult place to play. Um, and then also, you know, I did we we're big believers in shot quality, right? Um, one of the things about the um these two losses with uh, USC and Arizona for, uh, for UCLA, I think on aggregate, I think that shot quality said they would have been favored to win both games um, just in terms of shot quality. Now, if people are like, well, what do you mean by shot quality? So just like very brief explanation is just simply every shot that goes up, there is a probability that it goes in or doesn't. And some of that is based on the player. Yeah. yeah, who's who's taking the shot? How close is the defense? Things like that. Um, they they sort of figure that out and figure out what percentage of the time that player would be expected to make that shot. 
And of course, the higher those percentages you rack up, the better the shot quality, the better the shot quality, theoretically, the better probability you have of winning. Uh, so that's the idea. Obviously people have to make shots and shot quality, like the quality of the shot isn't everything, but at the same time, it's a good proxy for process, right? Rather than just results. And, uh, I, I'm fairly certain that shot quality showed that UCLA, um, w- was ahead in both of those games in terms of shot quality. So, you know, maybe UCLA's demise has been exaggerated just a little bit because they've lost two games in a row, but you know, at the same time, I mean, I think, like you said, like you started off with, you know, we showed we can hang with them. Um, you know, we should have beat them. You know, we were in control of that game for 38 minutes, <laughs> right? And then uh, the last two minutes, it really just kind of fell apart. So, um, you know, Polly's going to be tough, but, you know, maybe we have a little better chance than the uh, 14% chance that Ken Palm gives us. Yep. All right. And we're going to take an early break this time. Uh, So we'll be right back to talk about the women's big weekend. And we're back. First, let's let's briefly, Jeff, our beer time is cut down. Because we once again went over. Um, so Jeff, uh, we did are, pretty. We did pretty good. Pretty though. good. I just want to say good. we did. Yeah. Pre- we shot for thirty minutes. We got thirty-five. A pretty good. Pretty and here you are adding fifteen seconds with that explanation. Uh, so Jeff, well. uh, what are what are you drinking? <laughs> All right. So uh, Sarah and I went up to Seattle on Saturday to to do some stuff, and we had to actually go up to Glassy Baby. Sarah loves her Glassy Baby. Um, so we went up to Seattle and on my way back, we stopped by Georgetown. We, I had a Georgetown beer last week, right? Had a Lucille. Uh, and so I stopped by Georgetown. I'm like, yeah, let's pick up some beer at Georgetown. So I got me a box of, uh, Bodhi Zaffa, some ultra, ultra fresh Bodhi Zaffa canned on January 27th. And, uh, for those of you who are keeping track today is January 31st. So I bought, the box of Bodhi literally a day after it had been canned. So that was pretty cool. Um, so I finished that and now I'm on to a Rogers Pilsner um, because, you know, Pilsner is always good. And uh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing the, the, the Georgetown tour these last couple weeks. Very good. And beers that you can get at, well, I don't know about Rogers, yes. but you definitely get Bodie. Yeah. At, Rogers kind of hit me. Costco. I've, yeah. I've seen Rogers at Winco. When I've gone to Winco. So, yeah, not hard to find. Yeah, you get a Fred Meyer. I've, I've definitely picked up some Rogers at Fred Meyer, but now they got Freem pills at Fred Meyer. So I usually go for that one. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's really good, too. Yeah, so I am drinking. So I I went over to the to the beer star and just grabbed a, a, a I wanted a brewery I've not really ever heard of. Um, it's called Vice Beer from Vancouver, Washington. Uh, as long as it's Ooh. there aren't more than one breweries named that, um, but I was yeah it's Vice Beer uh, Brewery out of Vancouver, um, located in the Mill Plain Center for those people that are from there. Uh, I, that sounds like a, a strip mall, I assume. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's best breweries all the time. Uh, but 
Uh, yep. So this beer is called Zach Morris's Trash, and I want to say it like Zach Morris's <laughs> Trash, which I don't know if y'all remember a few years ago these videos on the internet where the this person's thesis was Zach Morris was a trash human, which I don't think anyone ever di- dis- disputed. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think so but, either. If you ever watched so, the show, but but it was it's, it was it was pretty funny how he just always. Every situation, yeah. Zach Morris is a terrible per- person, but it's really the Zach Morris is trash. It, it was his little tagline. It was funny. So this beer is a West Coast IPA, which also attracted me to it with Simcoe Centennial and Citra, uh, classic hops. There, um, it's solid, solid beer. Um, I'd hope for a little bit more resonance, resonous, resonous, uh, resonousness. Red is, I know. I, I was like, I don't think that's a word, uh, but the, I think it's, it is. It, it's, I, I'm it's an English not, teacher, dude. You can trust me. There's, there's, there's a little. I would like a little bit more punch in a West Coast IPA, but it is solid. It's very drinkable. It's got a nice aroma. Um, good stuff. Uh, so Zach Morris is trash from Vice Beer. Uh, I, I, it's it's good enough that I would try another beer from Vice Beer. Uh, so very good. And then I also that's a pretty uh, good endorsement, I, by the way. I also have um, an eight from Holy Mountain, their eighth anniversary Hoppy Pilsner, uh, which which I got at initially at the brewery. And then Amanda drank three out of four of them. And I was bummed because they're tasty. But they got some over at Beer Star. So now I'm on my second four pack from Beer Star. So uh, I really like it. Um, and I had to I had to tell Amanda, look. You can have at most two from the last four pack. I was like, only two, <laughs> no, no more. I want at least two of these. All right, uh, but yeah. So she also she drank my Modelo. So when the Cougs won, when the Cougs beat Arizona State on Saturday, I had you no didn't Modelo. Have a Modelo. Oh man, come on, baby, man, uh, come on. All right, so that's what we're drinking. Uh, but the the the. The Cougs gave me a lot of reason to have celebratory beers on Sunday. Um, Cammy Etheridge's team went down, swept the Arizona schools for the first time since 2013, uh, and picked up for the first time ever a second win on the road over a ranked team in a season. Uh, incredible win. Um, yeah. You know, they kind of they had to gut out a win against Arizona State. I feel like every time you have these big road weekends it's always the one the game that you're supposed to win is like the tougher one somehow yes uh yeah always yeah it's, it's always like if you go to oregon oregon state oregon state for some reason like gives you hell and then and then you like you know like that's always seems to be what happens but but they um they really um that arizona game they control it was it was a game of runs but wsu just had the bigger runs in them and frankly just Whenever Arizona State would run, they would, it would be a, they would they would just get hot, hit a couple threes, and their crowd would get into it, and then WSU would just mitigate it by destroying their pressure, pre- their press, destroying their traps, and getting wide open layups. Like their crowd be so hyped, and like as soon as they would take the ball out of the net and just throw it up the court, and Ula or Jess or Bella would just have a wide open layup right after because yeah. like you know they're so hyped with their crowd. So they they were very good at um, stemming those. You know, it, it ended up. You know, they they built a big lead right away in the third quarter, uh, gave it right back. 
So it was close going into the fourth, but they just pulled away. And, you know, what's the craziest thing is that Charlie Sledger Walker scored five points all from the free throw line. Two of them were uh, intentional foul free throws uh, from uh, when Bella got shoved. Uh, so she had basically three points that maybe she created at O of 13 from the four. Uh, and the Cougs won quite easily, you know, by 11 at at Arizona, uh, and at at a ranked team at a program that's been very good with still very good players. Yeah. Made it to a final four. Like, yeah. Like this is a good program. Adia Barnes is a great coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big idea for big idea. Barnes fan. Like she is, she's awesome. She's fun. And so it's even more fun to beat her, uh, which Cammy has done a few times now um yeah but yeah uh yeah it bella was just obviously the the superior to caitlin reese arizona star big like she just she was just owning her inside making her life tough on defense forcing her to have everything out 15 and out um they they really did a good job of of making their shooters work uh, you know, have to go inside the line and, and stuff. So it was it was very impressive all around. Ula had a big day. Uh, Tahina had a big day. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Tara Wallach has just come into her own. Uh, yeah. when, when she came last Sneaky year, when she came star. in. star. Yeah. Last year when she came in, you could see it was there. She was six one. She had guard skills. She could she had quick feet. Uh, she she had good defensive instincts. She could guard one through five, but she 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 just couldn't hit shots. Like she just did not hit shots last year. She'd miss layups. Yeah. She'd miss open threes. Like she would. She clearly like it was just like gosh, if you would just make some shots, like you would be so good. This year she's making shots. She's much more confident. Her rebounding stepped up. She had two straight double doubles in this weekend which I think were her first two double doubles ever. If I'm, I might be wrong, but I think they were. Uh, so she's just really coming in as, you know, her and Tahina, a sophomore and a freshman to show like this, this is a program that even after Charlize leaves can sustain success. It is no longer just Charlize. And if, if she goes off, we can beat a good team. She did not go off. She struggled offensively. Now, She's awesome and had uh, ten assists and seven rebounds, like as, as well. On top of that, but but also she didn't. She's scoring twenty plus points a game, and she didn't do that. And, and we yep. they still crushed them. Like it's so impressive. We saw when she was gone, they played four very good, likely tournament teams, and and to had a chance to beat all four of them. If Charlize was there, probably would have won at least three of them. And so right now they're sitting uh, five and five in league play, 15 and six overall, where you can easily see where they could be just at two losses maybe in league play at three losses overall and be a top 15 team right now. Now, because of those losses when Charlize wasn't around, the AP voters have apparently discounted uh wsu completely from even receiving like even one ap voter didn't rank them um after they for the second time in a row swept a road series when they've had their full roster 
which by the way, a couple of those games earlier that Charlize missed, Tahina also missed. And if you've yep. been watching the team since Tahina got back, she is such yep. an important player for this team. She's so, yep. so good. Like she's so good. Yep. Like I, it's, it's so impressive. Like um, she's not like the superstar freshman that, that uh, Charlize was, but she's one of the best freshmen I've ever seen at WSU for uh, on the, on this team. Like it's, she is so good and yep. she's shooting 45 plus percent from three at just absolute. And on top of that, not only did Charlize have a off day, uh, Yo- Johanna Tedder also only had three points. It's like last year, if you would have said Charlize and Yo would have had eight points, we, you yeah. couldn't have beaten Cal. Be like, like, we would have yeah, gotten run like, off the floor. Yeah. yeah. It, so just very impressive. This this team is now so much more than Char. I mean, Charlize, having Charlize is what makes them a that top, 20 quality yes. team a team that you you that can beat teams on the road but they can they can survive with other people scoring the ball like it, it doesn't have to be Charlize. Yeah. like even her the growth of her only taking 13 shots in this game knowing that uh she just doesn't have it because i saw her pass up some shots she just knew she was it wasn't there uh you would have because you would maybe previous season she still would have kept hucking 20 shots you know but she's just become such a distributor. Uh, she's one of the top assist people in the yeah. in the Pac-12 as well. Like yep. she's just such a complete yep. player at this point. So that even when like it's just, I'm excited about what this team could do down the stretch. Now that they have Tahina back, they have Charlize back, and because they are they are so damn good. Like this is they are a lot better than they were the last two years, and they can finally show that. I mean, just these two road wins show that. But they can they can keep showing that. I mean, this is the best shot they have at Stanford coming up on Friday. Cal is yep. a lot better than they have been, so they're a little bit they're tougher. Um, but uh, the Stanford uh, has has they they've lost to USC. They've been pushed by a lot of teams. Uh, this is their best shot um, with this roster they got going with with the level Charlize is playing. With the fact that if Stanford just focuses on Charlize as they have done in the past to shut her down. There's other players that can punish them for doing that yep. now. Um, so I'm not saying they could beat Stanford on Friday, but if they did, they can. Like they can. They, they've never. They this this is this is probably the best shot they've ever had. They have never beaten Stanford ever. The Ofer against yep. Stanford <laughs> anywhere. Yep. So it, yep. it'd be a big deal. And and where where does where are they at sitting right now in the tournament? Uh, Charlie Kreeb has them as a 10 seed as one of the last four buys. Um, he, as I've said before, he tends to underestimate them. Now I'd rather have them sit as a 10 seed than get moved to a nine or an eight. Uh, but sure. I think they, I would be surprised if the committee views them as a six or a seven. Cause I think the committee is going to put a lot more, um, put a lot more uh, value in those games that Charlie's missed. Uh, yes. Considering what they've done. We hope she's so. on the floor. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope, hope so. so. All right, Jeff. I uh, hang on. So yeah, well, what yeah. I yeah, what I would like the the thing that I find most amazing about this is that like WCU women's basketball has been so terrible 
you know, for so much of its history, almost all of its history, right? June Doherty brought the program up to some level of, I guess, feistiness, right? But like, but not really seriously elevating it out of, um, you know, the space that it occupied for 30 years, basically, which was at the bottom of the Pac-12 or Pac-10, you know, year after year after year, right? And that's the thing I that I find most incredible. You know, two years ago when this run, you know, all of a sudden we went, hey, you know, we we kind of got something here, right? It, it was easy to look at it and go, okay, well, you know, she landed this one stud recruit, right? And she's incredible. Um, her sister also is here and she's pretty good. And it's like, but it was kind of like, okay, so we got this stud and kind of how she goes is how we go. And you kind of go, okay, well, you know, I mean, that's great and it's awesome and super fun, but also like, you know, it's the sort of thing that makes you wonder if it's sustainable. Right. And then you go through last year and it was, you know, mostly more of the same. Um, not quite as dependent on, on Charlize, but still pretty dependent on her. Right. Well, then you get to this year and it's like, okay, so, you know, Cammy is added pieces, added pieces, added pieces. Right. And we came into this year and we thought, okay, you know, Crystal, uh, you know, Charlize's sister, right. Crystal Ledger Walker, um, she's leaving, you lose your point guard, you know, how's that going to go? Um, you know, are people going to actually kind of, you know, step up? Are we going to whatever? And then it's like, the answer is yes. <laughs> right. Like, like Cammy Etheridge has done something in Pullman that I frankly did not think was probably possible. Like just every piece of evidence we had up until this point was that it wasn't possible that, you know, that nobody was going to be able to actually build a winner. Um, and it's, and the thing is not necessarily just that they're winning because we know that they've won the last couple of years. It's what you said, like without Charlize, they are still a very good team and they played four really good opponents, really tough, you know, without Charlize and, you know, really easily could have won a couple of those, even without her probably definitely would have won at least a couple of them with her. And so, and then you saw, you know, this past weekend, well, now you bring her back in. No, she didn't have a great weekend. She didn't play great against Arizona State. Didn't play great against Arizona, or at least didn't, let me rephrase, didn't shoot great, right? But like right. you mentioned, you know, she had the, you know, the 10 uh, rebounds and the seven assists and, you know, against Arizona. And it's, again, her, you know, to, to coin another term that Bryce loves to use, her gravity, right? Like she just draws that attention. And now we have some other players who can step up and to have four players in double figures and none of them be Charlize and to win the game by double digits. It's just, it's the sort of thing that makes you go, Holy shit like this, this is sustainable. And you know, in women's basketball, I don't know how many people know this, but you can't turn pro early to go to the WNBA. That's you. They have a collective bargaining agreement that says you cannot come to the WNBA until you've been um, at your school for four years. And so so Charlize like kind of has, you know, really almost kind of two options uh, for next year. You know, maybe she wants to go back to New Zealand and start her pro career back there. You know, her sister, I think, is playing pro in New Zealand. Um, So, you know, she could do that or she could stick in Pullman for another year. 
you know, she can't go to the WNBA. So here's to hoping, you know, cross my fingers that she wants to stick around for another year. Um, and I really think her ticket to the WNBA, you know, I'm not a super WNBA aficionado, but, um, your ticket to the WNBA is probably not as a scoring guard. It's probably more as a point guard combo guard type player. And with her sister having left, um, you know, she is now filling that role. She, she has shown herself to be a really, really good passer. We know she's a good ball handler but a really good passer. And I think that, you know, she just is, she's incredible. She draws so much attention and her teammates actually being able to be like, yeah, you had a bad game. You know I mean? This is a game. Like, I I think you sort of alluded to this, but like this Arizona game is the kind of game they would have lost by double digits with, you know, Charlie shooting like that in years past. Um, And for her to go over 13 from the field, Oh, of six from three and to win by 11 and, and have the game. I mean, it was tight going into the fourth quarter, but to have them pull away in the fourth quarter um, the way they did, they, they, it's just, it really is remarkable. It's a huge testament to Charlize, uh, to the players and their development and to Cammy Etheridge and her staff. Um, you know, I, I hope that, you know, again, you know, the Coogan me is like, Oh my God, let's please keep Cammy. But um, you know, it's, it's really amazing what she's done. It, like I said, truly did not think anybody could do it and and it is happening right in front of us yeah absolutely and it's super fun i was i was standing in my living room again on on sunday just like watching that you know we were we were doing uh housework and stuff but but uh it's just uh it it uh it it i was my like i think my my wife amanda could tell like uh, Craig's locked in like five, yeah. like he's not going to do anything for the next hour or so. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like, I, once she's, I'm pacing in front of the TV, like, come on, come on. We got to get this. We got to get this. We got to get this. Like we got to get this. Yep. And yeah. Yep. So um, I've kind of bought, you know, I'd be out of the country. Uh, hopefully I could uh, find some way to follow the the games this weekend and, and all that. But uh, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. And, and, and it's just, you, you, you couldn't, you were like, are they going to get better this year? Like with Charlize, you think they're at least going to be a bubble team, but they've definitely gotten better. And and I just, I, this end of the season, I think is going to be fun. And, and I, and I wouldn't surprise to see them get, you know, play themselves into like the six line or the seven line, you know, and just, yeah. just get, you know, get, and then maybe have like a more legitimate path to, to a, to a, a sweet 16 or even just get, you know, getting, Getting a win in the NCAA tournament would be amazing. So, yeah, um, that would be that would be the thing that I would I'd be like something the program is still not done. So so we yeah. get that. Uh, but yeah, so Jeff, uh, well, we wanted forty five minutes. It's under an hour. Uh, you guys uh, still pretty good like, for us. Subscribe and rate us five stars. All that. <laughs> uh, keep in mind, you know, everything may be changing soon. We don't know. Uh, SB Nation is very unclear about it. Uh, but we're just going to keep going. Um, and then, uh, you can follow me at the Craig powers on Twitter, Jeff at pod versus everyone, uh, Craig W powers on Instagram, Jeff at news on Instagram, all that fun stuff. And Jeff, uh, under an hour, I say, go fucking coos. Go fucking coos, Craig. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Get vaccinated. Still, still, still. still.